0: So the first first question I have is, how did you get involved in this? How did you get involved in BYU sports and, and broadcasting for them?
1: Uh, when I came to BYU as a freshman back in the mid-80s, I just went directly to the KBYU TV news department and basically said, I'm new on campus. I want to be a broadcaster. and Can you put me to work? And they did. That was before I had any classes or anything. I just kind of showed up and said, I'd love to do this. And so the news director sensed I was pretty enthusiastic about this and said, uh, I'll give you a challenge. If I give you a a videographer and an editor, can you go do a story on a BYU uh, sports team no one knows about? And so I went and found the fencing club and did a story on the BYU fencing club. And within a few days, it was on the air. So that's kind of how it started. And then uh, I began taking the classes that let me do more and more with the on-campus TV and radio station and, and you know, did all of the hands-on stuff you'd like to do. And then went on a mission, came back, kept doing more, and then got an internship at KSL Radio in Salt Lake City. That internship in sports turned into a job in news. KSL had the BYU broadcast rights. At some point, the BYU sideline reporter for the radio broadcast left the station, Station. Opened up the position. I got the position. Then I was on the radio broadcast crew in 1992. And 31 years later, I'm still on the crew. Uh, But I've gone from sideline guy to play-by-play guy in football. And then I've added play-by-play in in basketball and and baseball and soccer, too. So that's kind of the long story short. There was a 25-year... Career at KSL as well, and all that, and I hosted a talk show and did TV and radio anchoring and all kinds of jobs over 25 years at KSL. But KSL, as the BYU broadcast rights holder, opened up the door to to get in on the, in on the BYU side of things. So I've been at BYU or working with BYU for you know 30 plus years, and I've been hired by BYU since uh, 2016, full time in, in the athletic department. So I'm I'm, I'm a BYU athletics employee now. Well, that's awesome. So
0: you talked about how you love or how you have done baseball and football and volleyball and all these sports, basketball,
1: no, not volleyball, just uh, not volleyball, football, football, basketball, baseball, soccer.
0: Okay. So of all those sports, what has been your favorite to maybe broadcast?
1: Whichever one I'm doing.
0: <laughs> that's a good piece of advice. That is. It's got to be um, that way. And you, you got to do your research and and know exactly what's going on.
1: There are three. I have the three P's of play by play. You ready? Yeah. Passion, preparation, presentation. Those are the three key elements and they've all got subsets and factors, but it all boils down to that. You've got to have the passion to do it. You know, the, the energy, the, 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 the emotion, the love, it's all got to come from your heart. Passion, preparation encompasses many different things, but you've got to prepare and then you've got to be able to, perform when the red light goes on presentation ultimately that's what the audience will judge you on they won't judge you as as strongly on your passion or your preparation as well as well as they as much as they will your presentation if your presentation falls flat i can undo the work you've done with the passion and the preparation so all three are really important but the presentation is the one that that ultimately you know comes through the uh the speakers or uh, shows up on the screen and is the one you get judged on
0: so can you take me through a little bit of what a prep- preparation time looks for you.
1: Yeah, preparation is nonstop from when the first game ends to the next game starts. Uh, I'm I'm breaking down the previous game with its stats and advanced analytics. I'm maintaining along with my interns all of my. St- Statistical databases from that game. Um, I'm then getting game notes from both teams for the next week's game. I'm watching video from both teams, practice and games to get ready for the next week. Uh, I'm going through all of the team stats and research notes. Uh, I'm memorizing names and numbers. I'm attending practices. I'm writing pregame scripts. Uh, I'm compiling all the advertising content. It's multifaceted. It, it it never stops. Like I'm 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 in the midst of preparation every day. I'm doing something to get ready for that for, for that next game. Um, preparing spotting boards. Spotting boards are a big part of my job. A spotting board looks like uh, looks like this. Um, this these are last week's spotting boards for for TCU and BYU. A spotting board preparation is a big part of my week. That's that's ongoing as well. So it it covers a lot of different things from from the written word to video to practice attendance to interviews. It goes all over the place.
0: You mentioned spotting boards, and that was one of the questions I had. Is is you're high up there sometimes when you're in a baseball stadium when you're in a football stadium, and and you're trying to figure out who's playing, um, and where everything is, besides the spotting boards, how do you go about that? How do you how are you able to figure out who's playing?
1: Well, uh, basket basketball, soccer, and baseball, I, I do all my own. Like everything I see is what I'm seeing myself. For football, we have what's called a spotter that sits between myself. And my broadcast partner, and he's using my spotting boards to point on the board what's happening. So I see the action. If I need a safety net or a double check as to who's got the ball, I can look down at my spotting board. My spotter should have his finger on the, on the square of the person that's got the ball, that kind of thing. So I prepare the boards. I memorize off the boards. I study the boards. But my spotter uses the boards to help me during the game to make sure I can see what I'm supposed to see. Uh, we'll, we'll both have binoculars. I rarely call games through the binoculars. I'll occasionally call a play or two through the binoculars. This past weekend at TCU was a good example. Terrible vantage point. One of the worst I've ever had. It's in a corner, high up in a corner behind the end zone. That's not good. Radio needs to be centralized and they have us in a corner. So when the play was away from us, 120 yards away, I was using binoculars to make sure I could see the uh, the ball being handed off, those kinds of things. And when you do uh, you've been on TV.
0: I've watched you with Kalani Sataki, right? Your interviews with him mm-hmm. and um, you've done play-by-play on radio and things like that. Which medium, because they have different different prepar- or different or ways that you call, radio is you have to know the details, you have to be descriptive. And then TV is a little bit more of you can let the viewer kind of see what's happening. What mm-hmm. What do you like best between those two?
1: Yeah, I've done I've done televised play-by-play for soccer, uh both Women's Pro and Women's BYU on ESPN Plus. So I've called both. I tend to call my TV games more like a radio game. I I don't call as much obviously because I can let the action be seen by the viewer. The viewer's eyes are the play-by-play. So I know that I can lay out some more but I still have a tendency to make sure that the, the listener or the viewer is getting peppered with details as we go. Um, in radio, you share every possible detail in TV. You can share fewer details, but I still want to include identifiers of, of, of players. Who's got the ball, those kinds of things. Um, so I, 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 I know how to call, call both. I'm probably more obviously used to calling radio than I am TV, but adapting to TV is a lot easier than I think would be going the other way around. If you call TV and then you go to radio, you're going to end up having to say a lot more than you used to. Whereas in TV, I can say less than I used to. And that's actually easier. So I, I like them both uh, equally. I just know that I have to do a little more on radio. Absolutely.
0: So my next my next question has to do with, you talked about um, just your, your journey to get to where you are as a uh, BYU broadcaster. And that included a lot of stops along the way. In
1: this not industry too many stops no not, not too many I mean I'm, I'm kind of atypical because I literally went from BYU to KSL and then was at KSL my entire broadcast career until BYU hired me so I didn't I didn't have a lot of different stops along the way my my journey's not very typical that way I, th- I think people will have done more jobs than I did to get to where I got but when I got in at KSL I didn't want to be anywhere else like I was I was at I was at the best place in in Utah Wanted to stay there. Uh, they had the BYU rights, so I had the BYU connection. And now that I'm at BYU, I, I don't want to work for another school. So I kind of found or fell into my spots pretty quickly and 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 fortuitously. And I've never really had no motivation to to upset the apple cart and do something different. Right. And you said
0: yours is a little bit of atypical for people going into the industry, wanting to get into this thing. There's you're usually you you take multiple pit stops and you're dancing around and you're trying to figure out um, what job will hire you next and so on and so forth. What advice would you give to someone who
1: has, has that kind of journey and that path? Uh, don't dismay and, and, and know that all the reps you're getting will will pay off in the end. Uh, th- this whole job is about reps. The more reps you can get, the better. But uh, the other, the other part of it is, there's not a formula for if you do this, this, and this at these stops, you will end up at that stop. Things have to happen. If you're looking for a particular job and that job isn't open, you don't get that job um, right away, at least. And and so you really have to know that 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 every every path uh, is is unique, and and you can't just tell somebody if you do these things, I guarantee you'll get this. Whereas in a lot of other jobs, you know, if you are in the top five percentage of accountancy school graduates, you will get a job at one of these firms. We guarantee that pretty much. Um, that's not like it it's not like that in broadcasting. A lot of things had to happen for me that fell into place to put me where I am. And and the details are there are probably few too many details to get into, but my my job is one of a handful of such jobs in the in the United States. There are 130 FBS football teams, right? There's 130 FBS play-by-play guys. I'm one of those 130. I'm one of the 350 Division I men's basketball play-by-play announcers. Uh, it's a small group again, right? And, and so you're, you're looking at there's only X number of jobs to go around. And if, if the timing isn't right, you may not get it at that time. And I know that when I got into this job, if I did it right, I could be in it for 30 to 35 years, which means there are a lot of guys who'd like to have this job that may not get that shot because it's not open for 30 to 35 years in that span. So that's also a fact of life, too but I'm grateful that it turned out the way it did. So what has been, you said you've, you've been here a
0: while and you've been at KSL a long time. What has been? Yeah,
1: now, yeah, I, I, right. I was at KSL a long time, but I left KSL officially in 2016. I'm now a BYU employee. Right. Okay. Gotcha.
0: So what has been your favorite moment in any sport to
1: call? The Beck to Harleen game in 2006 was pretty memorable for obvious reasons. You know, rivalry game on the road, last play of the game, last game of the year, the whole thing. Um, so that, that's that's pretty special. Um, the Hail Mary calls are always fun. Jimmer Mania was, was a blast. Jimmer's uh, games. Um, anytime you can get to the NCAA tournament, no matter what the sport, those are always memorable games. It's hard to do. I'm hoping to get to a big-time bowl game one of these years. I've never called a big-time bowl game before. Uh, That's kind of like the last thing I'd like like to check off, I think. a Final Four would be great in basketball, but who knows if that's in the cards or not. But those are some of the highlights, I think, right there. I was at the double overtime Baylor game, and Mm. that was insane. That That was (laughs) a good one. Yeah, those those nighttime games at lavalle Edwards Stadium are pretty special when you've got an exciting game and a big team like that. So – Just, I guess, as we close, I just want to know, is there anything
0: else that any other advice, anything that you would like to impart?
1: Um, I would say if you're going to end up working for a team like I do, like like I'm the voice of the Cougars, right? You when you work for the team, there's an inherent bias like the, the listener knows that I want BYU to win. Right. When you're the voice of the Cougars, you're employed by that school. There's an obvious bias there. But don't let the bias creep into your presentation uh, and take away your professionalism. I, 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 I have a mantra that is you can be partisan, but professional. OK, I'm a partisan, meaning I have I have a vested interest in one team winning the game. It's BYU. So I'm a partisan. I'm a I, I'm a supporter of that team by virtue of my position but that doesn't mean I have to be unprofessional in my presentation. We're not a broadcast that uses we or us like a lot of broadcasts do. I think it's important that you not be a we or an us broadcast, but there are a lot of broadcasts out there for some big time programs that say we and us when talking about the team. I don't like it. Never have, never will. I think it's important that there be some kind of separation between you and the team you're covering. Okay. So that's one thing. Don't use we and us. Another thing is, remember that a great play is a great play is a great play no matter who makes it okay if the opponent makes a great play it's a great play you got to give it credit i'm not as excited when the t- a touchdown is scored by the opponent as i am when byu scores but an exciting score is an exciting score you don't want to be always down 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 when the opponent's doing something good it may hurt your team's fortunes it may not be good for you uh, uh, your 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 supporters but it's a great te- a great play is a great play officiating. Don't look to blame the officiating for calls that go against you. Try and be both ways. Look both ways. See it both ways. Understand the big picture. I would say those are some things right there for for a particular play-by-play responsibility that is team-based. Like the ESPN play-by-play guys that call the BYU games, they have no vested interest. They go stadium to stadium, game to game across the country. They don't care. Um, I'm calling games for one school Every and only one school week to week to week to week to week. So my my responsibilities, my perspectives are different than a truly neutral broadcaster. So I'm not truly neutral, but I want the broadcast to feel like I'm giving both sides a fair shake.
0: Right. Something that just came across my mind: we have a lot of times um, we in the business, right? We want to do the best that we can, um, but sometimes there are things out of our control or things that um, happen flubs on the air or whatever might happen where we make a mistake how do you how do you recover from that
1: personally start working on the next game is the the easiest way to do it uh it's right you only get one chance to get it right in live radio you get one crack at the play if you didn't get it right that's it's going to live that way forever so and and i've never called the perfect game yet i make mistakes in every game there's things I want to take back in every game, even the fun calls I've had that are kind of memorable. I I, I could change those calls in a heartbeat and do them differently. So the, the biggest key there is to move on to the next game and, and, and get yourself ready for the next challenge and try and forget the mistake you made. Um, sometimes social media makes it harder to do that than it used to be in the past. But you have to understand that you're probably focused on it a lot more than others are. You, you, you'll you'll probably have a harder time letting it go than somebody else will, and and so I would say just get past it as quickly as you possibly can, and realize that you're probably thinking about it more than somebody else is.
0: Forget forget it and just move on. Short term well, memory, yeah,
1: yeah.